I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> going to give the audience what I think they want. They want chasing and car crashes. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation. Go get your bubble gum. yippee motherfucker. Hello and welcome back to the All Out of Bubblegum podcast. We are here today to talk about the horror action thriller slash serial killer revenge movie, I Saw the Devil by Kim Ji Woon. Uh, with me again is Stein Rudolph. Hello. And Martin. Hello. Uh, I want to ask, is this the first time you guys have seen this movie just recently or when did you watch it originally? I first watched it when it uh, came out, I think. Uh, there was uh, Kim Ji-Woon slowly building up uh, hype at the time. And uh, I think I got in with him uh, somewhere between uh, Bittersweet Life and The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. But I remember when The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, I watched that one when it came out. And I watched this one when it came out. So I was following him at the time. Yeah, he was, he was really big a big name in the uh what do you call it genre fan circles so hot right now <laughs> were you a were you big on uh tale of two sisters i that one i have not watched you still haven't watched to be honest so you came on at a bittersweet life i think you turned me on you or ty turned me on to a bittersweet life it was probably me because that is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, so you turned me on to that somewhere around 2006, 2007, I guess, for it to line up so that I had already watched A Bittersweet Life uh, before the trailer for The Good, The Bad, and The Weird had dropped. So I was uh, excited for that when it was coming. It's got a great trailer. I remember it was really poppy and fun. We are like, all right, we got to check that out. Yeah, so I'd seen both of those, and so when I saw The Devil was coming out, I was uh, already anticipating it and uh, bought the DVD as soon as it dropped and watched it. I have seen Tale of Two Sisters, probably not actually before watching the others, but uh, yeah, that wasn't the one that made me a fan. That was probably uh, I Saw The Devil and The Good, The Bad and The Weird, and I think I saw A Bittersweet Life after watching those two. A Tale of Two Sisters is the first one of his I'd seen. And I actually, at the time I saw it, and I maybe have to rewatch it, but I did not like the movie. No. I watched it under the wrong conditions to really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was watching it, and then like about an hour in, my parents came home and just flipped on all the lights. And yeah, that's not a good way to watch a horror movie <laughs> uh maybe i had something going on as well but i i thought it was kind of boring and overdone um and uh, you know this is pretentious film nerd me probably at the time and then i remember watching a bittersweet life not long after and just loving it so who knows <laughs> I, I did i don't think i've ever had as much of a 180 
uh, as, as far as opinions go on a filmmaker as I did watching those two movies. Yeah, I, I did also rewatch A Bittersweet Life two years ago. Yeah, it's, it's also really good, but it does have a bit of a tonal whiplash because there's two of those um, gangster henchmen who are just like slapstick characters. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're so dumb. Yeah. They play them so dumb. Which is just really weird in the middle of that serious, emotionally charged gangster movie. And I think I Saw the Devil is a lot um, lot more consistent with its tone, at least. Yeah. Well, it is just a brooding, dark, violent little movie. It is so mean-spirited and cruel that, uh, I mean, you, you get out of it and you just... You just want to go walk into the sunlight somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's a very sickening and brutal, like, cat and mouse trailer. Yeah, I'm used to a, a bit of gore. I like it, but there were there was one moment that was still sort of got to me. Which one? When he uh, cuts the Achilles tendon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. So, I guess we should say the the movie is about... A, I think he's a secret service agent or maybe some kind of version of the FBI in uh, South Korea. And his wife is killed at the opening of the movie by a serial killer and or more or less a serial killer. We kind of find out his weird life afterwards. In any case, uh, he spends the rest of the movie tracking down the serial killer, finding him and more or less torturing the man in various ways in this sort of catch and release kind of way and it's about uh that that journey and where that takes those two leads but it's it's very twisted very dark um it does not hold back on the violence really much at all yeah well i definitely felt the whole movie hitting differently this time like when i watched it which would have been 13 years ago, the first time, I was just like, ah, yeah, fuck that guy up. This violence rules. But now that I'm, like, married, it's like it hits completely different, that opening scene. Like, it, it, like, really got to me this time. It's like, that is, that is, uh, yeah, just right in the gut. Really horrifying opening scene, really. Well, it's, I I guess that maybe that's how it's sort of meant um, maybe you should just watch this movie twice, you know, as, as a, you know, the old studio Ghibli thing, you watch it as a child and as an adult, but I don't know. I don't know if I would, uh, I, I thought it was really well done. I don't know if I'd ever come back to this one because it was to me, it was so dark, but, uh, there is, there are, there's plenty to enjoy, but the, my thoughts, I think for the first, I'd say quarter of the movie where uh, I don't think this is an action film, and I still am kind of on the fence about it. But there are there is so much, especially towards the end, that I guess you could consider action. I mean, there are some some good great fight scenes. Yes, so it it does kind of become an action movie, but it's thematically and narratively not really driven by that. But man, that stuff when it happens is very well done. 
I wouldn't call this one an action film myself, but I am okay with it being called an action film, if that makes sense. Well, I don't think most people call this an action film, uh, to be honest. Well, it did make it onto our top 250, so somebody did. Slightly better, more of an action film than Raising Arizona. (laughs) That is true. But yeah, uh, I guess let's, uh, you know, this is a reuniting again with Kim Ji-woon with uh, Byung Hun Lee. Yeah, who'd been the lead of all three of his movies at this point. Well, this this is the third one. He's not in the sisters one. Was he in the the Quiet Family? Uh, uh, what the fuck is that? That's uh, Kim Ji Won's debut. I I don't think so. Um, I don't think uh, that's so. I've not actually seen Quiet Family, so no, me neither. But I don't think I don't think he was in there. You meant uh, like the third in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bittersweet Life, Good, Bad, Weird, and this one. Ah, okay, sorry. He did, uh, this was, uh, yeah, three in a row they did. Yeah, this one was before Byung-Hung Lee went to America, right? Final Korean movie, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of fitting. This is uh, like, uh, this is our second uh, second film we discuss in as a standalone, and it's also the second time it's a movie, which is the last film for an Asian director before going to Hollywood. Uh where so Kim Yi Woon went to make uh, The Last Stand with Arnold. She's also a fun movie. It's fun. It's it's. Uh, I don't know if it will ever be listed among Schwarzenegger's greatest or anything. I found it a disappointment considering how much esteem I held uh, both Kim Ji Woon and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I think it could have been better. But I don't dismiss the film outright. No, it's... it's... A fun action movie, but Kim Ji Woon's Korean movies have uh, a better emotional hook or character investment, and that's what makes them really stand out. Yes. Well, I felt Kim Ji Woon kind of never, never recovered from his like attempt to cross over to Hollywood. Like, only Age of Shadows afterwards has really been any good, and that one was very confusing. I have not seen that one. No, you, I'm, like you just you wouldn't have seen most of his movies afterwards. They're kind of like they're not, they're not getting any of that uh, genre push. Nobody's giving it the word of mouth anymore. Nobody's like, oh, you have to check out "Live Your Strength" from two thousand and twenty. Oh, sorry, that's a short movie. That's a bad example. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe that has something to do with the market because I remember at the time I saw The Devil came out, there was a big market for foreign genre films. Like Mexico was pumping out horror movies, Spain had a few, France was big in the horror genre, uh, Sweden had let the right one in, and Hollywood at that time wasn't making a lot of good stuff. So I think foreign stuff was brought in to fill the gap, and there's just less of that now. Yeah, we we have we definitely live in in strange times as far as that goes, because we do occasionally get these movies, the even Korean films. You know, one just won an oscar parasite not long ago and the you know this is the kind of weird inconsistency that that uh you know i think it makes it hard for people to get into the foreign films is over at least over here i don't know what it's what the attitude is like in in europe specifically but in the united states it's almost like there there's nothing and then one year there'll be like three or four that that are pushed yeah but i felt like Around 2010, Kim Ji Woon was like getting mentioned alongside uh, alongside Park Chan Wook and Bong Joon Ho, and those two guys are still 
getting all attention still being brought up like you mentioned parasite for bong joon hoo and uh, decision to leave last year also a big push but um like after going to hollywood like there's kim ji woon has age of shadows which was a hit big hit in korea and then he made a manga adaptation or ad- anime adaptation for netflix that almost nobody liked and then his last movie is from this year and uh, well it hasn't hasn't gotten uh, it doesn't have any release yet maybe doing festivals but it hasn't really gotten the hype either uh, he's just been doing a bunch of shorts and stuff i saw the devil really was like his 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 last movie that's like kept on a pedestal or elevated in the echelon yeah yeah i i, I don't know why that is but maybe uh making a big studio movie kind of broke him i don't know the curse of comeback schwarzenegger yeah rubbed over on him well you know schwarzenegger definitely leaves a lot to be desired anymore i mean now he's he's you know he's in his 70s I still don't think Schwarzenegger's made a good movie this uh, century. I think his performance in Escape Plan is excellent. But I don't really like the movie. I think Stallone actually drags that one down. But the sequel's still so good. I have so far avoided both of those, luckily. So next week, we're talking about Escape Plan 3. (laughs) I liked Escape Plan 3. I didn't like Escape Plan 2. I thought it was garbage. But yeah. Uh... Yeah, going back to I Saw the Devil. I think cause there's a, a shot in here uh, in the in the opening where the um, headlights of the wife's car hit the back of the killer's uh, cab or bus, whatever it is. School bus. Yeah, and then he smashes the window and it's like, uh, that's a shot I didn't realized was from this movie but it's a shot that's uh like stayed in my head ever since i saw it last time and i was like oh that's what this is from because that's like i think about that shot all the time but i'm like i never remembered where it was from and now you can finally sleep yeah well now i can stop trying to put it in my own script and think i made it up (laughs) but like you you just talked about how since you were married the movie hit harder like how did you feel about all the sexual assault. Ah, uh, I mean, the same way as I did before. That's not really any different. It's just like, it's more the, you know, recognizing yourself in stuff like when he, he sings to his wife on the phone to make her calm down and relax. And it's like, it's like, oh shit, this is, this feels real now. And it just makes the, the horror even like it makes more it more horrific yeah like you you like you suddenly you you recognize more of the feeling of oh shit this is you know it's different yeah yeah but what, what i noticed is that there's two cases of uh joy min sick sexually assaulting one of his victims and we're shown it and in both those cases uh byung hung lee arrives just a little bit too late and i was really wondering like that that was a decision. Kim Ji Woon decided that the sexual assault did need to start, and I was just like, "Why?" Yeah, I I did I did write note that down, especially during the hospital scene, where it's like, 
why is he taking so long to intervene here? Like, why? He, he's hearing the conversation and then he just waits and waits and it's like, but, but why? Yeah, it really makes you think about why he is doing it in the first place the way he's doing it. Like, is he actually waiting? Well, I think it's pretty clear he's, you know, both characters are not really good people. Yeah, that's true. But is he bad in the sense that he thinks, you know what, I'd better just let him get a little bit of sexual assault going on before I stop him? <laughs> yeah, because it's not like he's trying to catch him in the act waiting for something that he can arrest him for because he's just going to beat the shit out of him and dump him in an alley. Yeah, Is he doing it sort of to, like punish him? Like, oh, he has to commit a crime so I can punish him and that way he'll stop committing crimes? But like, no, that's, that's not his plan, right? No, he wants him to feel that he has his power so that he can take it away. And he keeps doing that until it, it you know, he just kind of makes the situation worse pretty much every time, honestly. Well, he, I think he makes the situation worse by coming up with this plan. Because he has a chance to kill him, to arrest him, to do whatever... Then he decides to let him go again. And he's doing it so that he can torture him again and again and again. But like immediately from the get-go, that plan just brings more suffering. Yeah, I think that's his take on the... Uh, that's uh, uh, Kim Ji-Woon's take on, you know, if you desire revenge, best dig two graves kind of thing. Where he's like, no, there's there's collateral damage to your revenge plan. But like you didn't need this whole setup All right. and it, uh, pretty much every revenge movie has that as a theme so I was just wondering like what is the added benefit of doing it exactly like this for the filmmaker well I think he's just reveling in the brutality of it yeah that's probably true yeah and it's probably also a fantasy for a lot of people to just like pretty much whenever you want to torture somebody you hurt you yeah well, you're hurting yourself, obviously. Yeah. But this movie really goes out of its way to show the collateral damage of that. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, because he's letting him go, he does lead him to the guy that he's sourcing bodies for. This, uh, this cannibal character. Yeah, we end up in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre scene. Basically, yeah. creepy cannibal house. <clears throat> but I would say that uh, the the theme becomes muddled because that would not have been exposed and nor stopped if he hadn't been doing this. If he just killed that guy, the other fellow would have been out still probably getting people to to chew on, you know. Yeah. So that's a uh, positive benefit from the way he's doing it. Yes. It's more like a happy accident. Yes. Well, without spoiling uh, a different movie, I guess uh, The Secret in Their Eyes, the Argentinian movie, I think does a different version of this in a way that's uh, uh, less damaging to the main character. Really digging in my memory for that movie. I've seen it, but I... I've not seen it. Like, from what I remember from it, kidnapping or whatever, just 
barely factors in, right? It's more about the uh, aging politician and his, what is it, assistant? Well, sure, there's a twist at the end that I'm trying to not give away. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, basically, it, well, it turns out that when you spend all this time, they were they, you know, like looking for the killers and stuff, but then it turns out that no, they actually, they, they, he, the he, main guy's been took took his revenge twenty five years ago. Oh yeah, that's what I, yeah, I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah the old, it's the original Total Recall. I think actually the the thing that we're talking about already happened in the past. <laughs> uh, I mean the 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 original story. Not the any of the adaptations. I have not read the read the original story. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but before we get to the uh, yeah, I want to call it the cannibal, the butcher. Uh, there's the scene in the taxi, and I read in a review that one of those guys in the taxi is the fourth suspect that Byung Hong Lee was going to investigate. Did you guys pick up on that? I did not. No, I. Not at all. Yeah, me neither. But I read it in a review. Okay, well, that's a great action set piece, though. The knife fight in the, in the taxi. Yeah. It's a bit contrived that like the one serial killer ends up catching a ride with two other serial killers. But <laughs> yeah, everybody in this movie is a serial killer. By the end. Yeah. That's funny. I did not notice. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. That, that's pretty good. But that again, that muddles the, the idea, that he's trying to say. So maybe that's not what he's saying. Yeah, well, because at the start of the movie, you think basically that's the whole movie is going to be him, trying to figure out who did it. But he's just he's like the second suspect he looks at. It's like forty minutes into the movie. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's no, the third. The third. The third is I only remember the guy who watched porn and then gets hit in the dick with the uh, toolbox. No, and then there's the guy he rams into. He's on a scooter and then he drives up to him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, that that dick mutilation. I think that was just a, an image morph. Yes, I think it was too. I thought that when I was watching it. Oh, I think they just hit a guy in the dick with yeah. a wrench. <laughs> For real. This is Jackass. <laughs> Welcome to Jackass. Yeah, because he's just, um, yeah, 40 minutes in and he knows who, who the killer is. And then, so then it's, uh, you know, game changing. Because it becomes a, sort of like a reverse horror movie where. You you only you follow the killers in plain sight. Yeah. And then the the hero, I guess, quote unquote hero, after as we've uh, kind of reached a conclusion on now that this guy's not not that much of a good guy, really. But the hero uh, stalks the killers around and you know shows up. He's the one that comes out of the dark and beats the shit out of the killers instead. Yeah, and even before that. He beats up two guys who are, we find out, innocent. Because they're not the guy he's looking for. Well, that's the other thing about that, these other guys that he gets and tortures are, you know, they're, they're also apparently terrible people. But the movie kind of revels in you seeing them hurt and tortured. 
But then when it comes to Choi, even though he's doing all this stuff to him, that guy, he doesn't seem regretful or or really all that distressed. He's sort of inconvenienced. Even when he gets his head bashed in, he's just like, he keeps waking up like, ah, jeez, and going right <laughs> back into what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just, just goes to the doctor and it's like, oh, I fell playing football. And then he's like, oh, I'll go back to killing now. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to, since I'm here, uh, what's that? I mean, it's so weird to think that this guy was ever getting away with anything. Yeah. Well, we don't know how long he'd been doing it. That's true. Oh, well, yeah. But he, he's, he, he immediately, he, in broad daylight, he's doing things. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he knows that Byung Hoon Lee only took two weeks off work. Yeah. So he needs to hurry it up. Yeah. Well, he, at his job, he works as a bus driver, and at his job, he just takes one of the girls. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I, well, I guess I'm not driving the school bus anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, shucks. <laughs> I was like, well, that's because you're going to be the number one suspect in this murder investigation then. I was like, I don't understand what, if 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 Byung Hun Lee wasn't coming in then anyway, what was this guy's next step after the last girl on the bus that he was driving disappeared and then turned up dead? Like what was his plan? How was he not gonna be the number one suspect in that case? Yeah, there's gonna be a man for this guy regardless. Plus he has a a place of residence which is apparently uh, findable. You know, anybody can look look him up. Yeah, he's 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 killing people at his own address. Like whenever when Byung Hyun Lee just finds out it's him, he just goes to the place and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is his murder shed registered <laughs> under his own name." Yeah. Oh no, here's my wife's yeah. wedding ring. This guy did it. <laughs> yeah, but what I meant was like, um, because for the for the first forty five minutes, fifty minutes, you follow. Byung Hun Lee investigating mostly, but then once he realizes that he has this man, it Choi Min Sik basically becomes the main character, and Lee Byung Hun only like pops in to fuck him up every now and then. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what to think about it. It's so strange. Uh, Choi is, I think he's really good in this. The only other thing I really knew him from was Old Boy, and he's also really good in that. So. You know, give this guy awards. He's really good. Has, has he ever made the move to uh, America? I don't mm, think so. No, no, I don't think so. Uh... Why? No, he's he was in Lucy. Yeah, but that's a French movie, isn't it? That's one of the ones that Luc Besson actually directed. Not one of the. I feel like ever since Fifth Element, it's just Luc Besson produced the movie, and then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, he directed it probably," and it's like. He absolutely didn't. But uh, I knew, I, I look him up and I see that he's in Takuki, which is a, a war drama, which I thought was somewhat disturbing. Oh, yeah, that's but I d- super harrowing, isn't it? It's just yeah. insane melodrama and so much death. But I didn't know that he was, him in particular was in it. I have to rewatch it. But yeah, heroin is the right word. Yeah, and he's he was well, he was in Lady Vengeance too, but that's like the sequel to Old Boy, I guess. But it's not. It's not like he plays the same character. But 
It's he reunites with Park Chan-wook. I, I guess he plays the bad guy in that one. Okay. Uh, well, I just saw him in something called New World, which is a undercover cop drama where he plays the uh, like police chief, I guess, or whatever. He plays the main. He doesn't play the undercover cop, but he plays the like the undercover cop guy's boss, who's like his only contact. It's uh, like the th- yeah, it's a big part. So he gets to play a little more straight lace than we usually see him. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's some great. Uh, it's a great elevator fight in that one. I will have to look at that one. New World, from 2013. So we're like 10 years behind over here. <laughs> it should be coming out in. Yeah, but it it should get uh, it should be rediscovered now because it the uh, the guy who's from the Star of Squid Game he's the lead in New World he's the undercover cop. Do you like Squid Game? I have not seen Squid Game. I have not seen it. I I didn't watch. I have not watched Squid Game. Uh, but it's popular, so go watch that movie. That's really good with the guy who's in Squid Game. <laughs> if you watch Squid Game, I like Squid Game. So yeah, I'll check it out. By the way, did you guys read that um, this movie has two different cuts? No. No, I was not aware. Is there a shorter cut? I'd like to see it. Uh, I think the international cut is the shorter cut. And then there's also the Korean cut. Oh. Which is slightly longer. Okay. Because apparently they had to cut a lot of the violence out for the Korean release. But they also cut a lot of other stuff out for the international release. So they're slightly different. No, well, the one I have is like two and a half hours long, so it, it was enough. Spoilers for some thoughts later, but... Yeah, this movie is definitely long. Never too long, but... I didn't feel that myself. I I, I actually thought it was very well done, the pacing, uh, because it, it is very deliberate, and there's just each section of the movie kind of functions as its own sort of story. You mentioned... Uh, Choi becoming the main character and uh, Byung Hun Lee just kind of being um, he's the stalker at that point whereas you know that it's a, that opening where it's just him finding out and then it's the whole uh, the bad guy is now the main character and then the end is this sort of wild crazy rat race uh, action sequence like back back to back action action sequences, um, and a and a you know thrilling race against time that is ultimately futile. Yeah, that's where I felt it. It kind of ran ran too long. I was like, it's 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 enough misery for me now. Uh, thank you. And then, yeah, when he's trying to turn himself in, and there's the whole crazy kidnapping, and well, it's kind of worth it for the final scene when Joy Minsik finally cracks you you finally but basically i think it was just during the dialogue scene where byung hun lee between byung hun lee and choi min sik before the final scene where they're, they're just having these long dialogues about oh it's this 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 and ugh, and i was like oh i don't i don't need these speeches it's uh i was like ah it's a bit too much like i felt like we watched these guys do their things for two hours. I don't actually need them to sit down and have a a long conversation where they explain them 
like their their motives and views to each other. Felt like you know show don't tell. Fair enough. Yeah, it felt like they they felt they needed to add a explanation. But then the scene after that, the very last scene, is really good when when he finally really gets to him when Choi Min Sik breaks, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm beaten." But also beaten in a way that I am not comfortable with, because he's he's way too comfortable getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah, you are referring to the family showing up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, did you think that was planned on Byung Hong Lee's um, from his side? Yes, yes, definitely, a hundred percent. Yes, mm. I read it sort of as like it happened, unplanned. The timing for it is really perfect though. no i think so because um well he he met the family and everything before yeah yeah he had established himself as an insurance agent saying that uh uh Choi was had, had a, some kind of insurance policy taken out where they were the beneficiaries uh-huh. and so i'm thinking that what he probably did but you know this is assumption is he probably called them under the same guise and uh, said that they he needed them to come. That makes more sense. Yeah. Otherwise, the coincidence would have been too big. Yeah. Plus, yeah. they didn't seem to have any kind of relationship at that point. No. So. Yeah, that's true. He yeah. had cut them Definitely off. Not. I think the the subtext is that he was afraid of their disappointment. And uh, that of his child's as well, which is why the ending works. Yeah, and that's because it's uh, well when when Byung Hun Lee meets his son and he's asked about his dad and his son's just like, oh, "Fuck, <laughs> that asshole." Yeah. Yeah, but still he gets to see his father die, so that um, is another case of revenge, probably just leading to more revenge. Yeah, probably. Although that you know, uh, Lee has nothing left at the end of this, so I mean, I don't know what he would be able to do. Oh yeah, he gave it all up for his revenge, and it's uh, he's empty. Yeah, what's gonna happen to him at the end um, is probably he's gonna go to prison. Yeah, well, because he certainly lost his uh, like job and position after he, but Choi Min Sik attacks the senior uh, agent. Uh, who's also was Byung Hun Lee's father-in-law, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, they keep calling him Chief, so I'm assuming he's uh, the the chief of police, or maybe whatever agency. Someone uh, who who knows Korean law enforcement uh, hierarchy and systems, uh, send us an email at some kind of address. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I just looked it up, and he works for the National Intelligence Service. Yeah, so is that like FBI or CIA or some kind of... Yeah, I don't, I couldn't tell. NSA? Probably sort of a combination of NSA and FBI. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't even know if it's a real thing. No, I think it's a real thing. It feels like this. This feels like a weird movie to invent a fake a bureau for. Sure, but then you know he uh, has the the spy gadget, the little tracking device, which I I'm like, is that real? I don't know. Well, 
if it is, we need to get one of those microphones because they work way better than what we got. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, he's got a great microphone from inside of his body. Yeah, crystal clear sound. Yeah, <laughs> just hearing from inside, he can hear perfect. I know it's like, I don't know, inside his stomach or something. Yeah. Which, um, for all the violence in this film and the sexual assault in this film, the uh, most unpleasant shot to look at is uh, Chan Min-sik digging through his own diarrhea looking for that tracking device. <laughs> I was like, that is... Because it, it just shows it. Just show him going through it with his hand. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luckily, he does rinse it off a bit before he puts it in the, in the other guy's mouth. It's very thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there was a... In A Bittersweet Life, one of the things that, that works in that movie's favor is he he doesn't really shy away from these kind of things like that. When he, uh, Lee is, you know, Hung Lee is hung up by the, the torturer assassin guy, he's throwing up on himself. And, you know, I, I just, it's that kind of thing that Kim Ji-woon does that grounds the movie and is kind of gnarly realism yeah he doesn't try to make him like a the really cool hero and everything he's just like oh, oh throw up on yourself yeah but he it's uh, one of the things I, I like about him is the way he lingers on things you know when uh, Choi picks the girl up from the bus stop and she's before she gets in the car she stares down the road and just looking around and you know there's this sense that you get because it goes to her POV there, that uh, that you know, there's nobody to help her either way. Yeah, the the second victim. Yeah. Yeah, that scene is really airy and uncomfortable because he uh, is so calm. Uh, Choi Min Sik, he just like stops the car, gets his lead pipe out, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, have you never seen one of these before," and it's just so calm, and then just bashes her face in yeah and you see like she kind of knows a little bit like you, it's like she i, I kind of understands what's happening but there's that uh, you know that part of your brain that goes this could really happen right and and i think that he captures that that mentality very well there the movie is just so full of those kinds of things um and that's that's why I think his, you know, bittersweet life works so well in this, is that he he gets those. You know, it's like their their inner thoughts, but he's able to kind of project it, in a way that there's minimal dialogue for this this sort of thing, but you don't need it because he he captures like that emotion. It's a, like this exact situation we have hopefully never been through, but we get it, like something similar we have gone through yeah well so i long long time ago when i was a teenager i was a delivery driver and i pulled up to a stop sign one time and a guy just jumped in my car holy shit and he's talking to me telling me oh thank you for the ride and uh i'm like okay and like, where where do you need to go and he's telling me he needs to go to this resort that i know is about nine miles away it's not in the direction I'm going. 
So I'm thinking, you know, how am I going to get rid of this guy? And I, and I had, at the time, I had a 8-inch uh, knife down on my, you know, stuck between the my seat and the driver's door. And I'm driving, and I'm, I reach down, I'm holding on to the knife the whole time, because I'm expecting something to happen. And as I'm driving, uh, the guy's like, oh, hey, could you pull over real quick? And, and I'm like, okay, because I'm thinking he's going to get out. And then I see this other guy's coming out of the, the ditch, and that guy got in the car too what the fuck and now there's two guys in this car i'm driving down the road and i get uh i'm now to a point where we're about eight miles from that resort and uh i said well this is where i gotta drop you guys off because i'm not going that way and uh they said, oh thank you and, and these guys are dressed in dirty old clothes look like they've been painting a house maybe i don't know why they're going to this resort did, but, uh, they, did they use red paint for the house? No. Oh, look, that's good. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't that obvious, but it just it everything, the you know your insides are screaming. You know like this everything about this is wrong. They didn't ask me. They just got in the car. But I got over there and I said, hey, "That's where I gotta get drop you guys off." And they're, "How far is it?" Oh, I said, "That's a couple miles up the road." <laughs> I never saw them again. But that was. Uh, and after that, I always drove with my doors locked. Yeah, I would too. But that's that's what that scene reminded me of when he picked her up. But, you know, reverse. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I really got the feeling that she was also just really scared of being impolite. As you, you probably were as well. Like, Yes. You don't want to upset them. Yeah, because then it, then it really gets bad. Yeah, and you don't want to assume somebody's intentions. Yeah. There is a part of you that will always wants to believe in the the better side of human nature. Hope for the better side of human nature. Yes. Which this movie just demolishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because everybody's a psycho killer in this one. Yeah. Yeah. The when they go to the house with the cannibal fella. Did you think that the lady that lived there was probably a previous victim that was maybe Stockholm syndromed into kind of being part of it? Uh, no, I never thought about it. Because I thought she was the cannibal's, like, wife until Joy Min Six started fucking her in the kitchen. And the guy can clearly hear it. And he's just like, whatever. I'll cut my meat. Well, last year, there was a, a Daisy Edgar Jones, Sebastian Stan film called Fresh that came out. Sebastian Stan, uh, basically, he kidnaps this lady, and she kind of has to pretend to fall in love with him, trying to like turn the situation around for her benefit, because he's going to kill her and eat her. But one of the revelations in the film is that Sebastian Stan is actually married, and... Here he has a wife, and it turns out she was a former victim. The same kind of thing happened. So that's maybe that's where this came from completely. Was that my brain had seen that movie last year. So, oh, okay. That's, that's like this. Yeah, I, I hadn't actually thought about what she was doing there. She just sort of accepted it. She's there. She's probably also crazy. Yeah. Well, because she's the one female character in the movie that is 
as bad as any of the men. Or at least, um, seemingly so. And I thought maybe she was going to try, she was going to sneak up behind him and say, I need, I want out of here. But instead attacks him. So <laughs> that whole sequence, the most interesting thing to me, as far as that sort of stuff goes, is when Lee lets the girl go. There's a shot of her running to the door, trying to get out. And I don't know if we ever find out what happens to her. She ends up in the hospital, right? No, not, I'm not talking about the wife character. The, but the, the victim that they they let out. Oh, yeah, sorry. She tr They sh have a shot of her trying to get out the door, uh, and it's locked. But we don't know what what happens to the uh, schoolgirl either. That's right, yeah. They just they, they kind of skip the survivors. They don't really tell their story. Yeah, the, the schoolgirl just kind of gets out in the background while he's beating the shit out of him the first time. Yeah, he's, he isn't there to save people. He's there to get revenge. Yeah, but they make eye contact. So, you know, they, they clearly he wants us to see that they see each other. Yeah, but also it, it clearly shows that Lee does not care. He's like, oh, yeah, she's getting away on her own, whatever. It's not my business. Yeah, I think that's the most clear demonstration that he's not a hero. That's another thing I hadn't really thought about yet. Like I watched this yesterday and it really stuck with me. I've been thinking about it, but what it means and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, a lot of things I haven't quite put in the right order yet, and that was one of them. Yeah, well, I'm still thinking about it. You know, I just don't, I don't know what he's trying to say with this film, or if he's trying to say anything. If he's just trying to show. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because also he's saying, like we've already said, two different things. Like revenge is bad, brings bad things, but also it helps him kill a cannibal or catch a cannibal. And apparently another serial killer that kills taxi drivers. Yeah. It outweighs, outweighs the positive. Yeah. Does it? I don't know. That's That's, you know, what is how many more people were going to get killed if he had done it? Or would this guy have petered out on his own because he's so blatant about his, his lifestyle? Well, yeah, but it also leads to his late wife's father and sister getting murdered, which I think, uh, you know, it kind of... Uh, Horribly. Yeah, it weighs, that weighs heavily on the negative, I feel. What's interesting is, you know, the reason he's able to find him is because... The guy has a list of four names of people who've been accused of doing that stuff already. And so he clearly had been up to this for a while. And there was no, he wasn't going to stop. So I don't know. Wait, did you, did you mean that uh, maybe the chief or the father-in-law was going to die anyway? No, I think uh, the villain would have been caught anyway yeah that has to happen by the time he grabs that schoolgirl, you're like there's no way this guy is getting away with this i mean i don't know the situation is in, in korea but i have to imagine that anywhere you try that level of they can figure that that one out yeah. probably yeah yes yeah, like oh 
dead dead schoolgirl last seen alone with bus driver previously a mistake no uh suspected for uh murdering people <laughs> which i guess is what what he he i don't know exactly what he's been what what the four people on the list has been suspected of is it just kidnapping or assaulting people by the roadside what's is there a claire do we get to know exactly what like the what the search into the database wants to produce those four people? I would assume that it's something similar. That these these are similar accusations. You know, probably that level. Yeah, the the fact that one of them we see masturbating. It it implies that they were. The, the crimes were sexual in nature. Yeah, yeah. Crimes of. Crimes of probation. Yeah. He's watching his pixelated censored porn. So hot. Oh, there's pixels. Mm. <laughs> well, I couldn't figure out when I was watching. I was like, is this censored for on his screen or is it censored for my uh, viewing? I, don't, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Well, I, I've, I've heard from a friend who's watched uh, some... Uh... <laughs> porn that they are often pixelated. I think it's a thing in in Japanese porn that they have to pixelate genitals. I don't know about Korean or if the movie he's watching in this movie is is a Japanese porno or if that also applies to the Korean porn industry. Uh, someone who's a scholar on Asian Southeast Asian porn by nations, <laughs> uh, write us an email at allouttabg dot com and now at yeah. gmail dot com whatever. Uh, yeah, and let us let us know. We need some porn scholars to yeah. <laughs> to clear this up, or just just a Korean teenage boy will do. Yeah, any any Korean listeners who's watched porn, reach out, comment <laughs> below. Uh, we don't have comments, but you know. Yeah, I can't wait to read these responses. Please contact Brenton directly at his phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, uh, I guess, what are your your main thoughts to the movie? Did you is this something you'd watch again? Well, I'm I'm unsure. Like I, I think I remember this as being more enjoyable than it was. Like I remember holding this in high regard, and I think I held it in a holding it a little lower regard now. Because it was just, it's just a bit too or too much, very overpowering. I was not not gonna rush to watch this one again. I'm I'm fine with letting it be another thirteen years. Yeah, I'm not big on rewatches, but I think I might rewatch this one. Because, like I said, there's a lot to think about. It has a lot of things going on, and maybe just watching it again will clear it up a little bit more. But yeah, not, not in the next month. Definitely not. Nope. One day when I'm feeling incredibly elated that life is going too good, I think I'll put this on just to bring myself back down to earth a little bit. Or when you when you you just want to see a close up of a hand digging through some diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, that, then I'll do that. Because uh, yeah, the movie is. Uh, 
as you say, is overpowering. Um, it is a lot to handle. It's not, you know, I, when you think of an action movie, you kind of think of a fun time. And generally, when I watch horror movies, I watch slashers for that. You know, I want to see the special effects. And and the movie does end in that Saw-like fashion. It feels like something right out of the, one of those Saw movies. Um, the big guys are blood and everything. It is quite the payoff. But uh, I don't know. It, it it doesn't leave a good feeling in you. Um, like I said, there's just like a one to two second shot that really turned my stomach. And I... I was pretty upset by the time it came to the end because I was like, there's nothing you can do to make me feel good about that. No, I think the, the, it's not a set piece in the cannibal's house when Lee comes up and, uh, well, he fucks up the, the cannibal guy and uh, crazy lady and lets the, freeze the victim and then that's like the closest to just like a scene that just is like enjoyable to watch where it's like yeah fuck these fuck these guys up and that's that's where the scene where you kind of you get the the real reverse slasher thing where he he stalks the killers and I think that's a fun that's a, that's a fun scene it's a cool cool reversal to see but it's just not not a movie that leaves you like oh yeah I love this want to watch want to watch again so much fun as you can probably tell by all of our moods during this <laughs> well, it's pretty relentless and it's uh, how bleak it's willing to go just ruminating on what this movie does to you yeah no it definitely isn't fun no now, what do you guys think about its placement on the top 250? Honestly, I, I as good as some of those action bits are, I actually I really like um, when a movie tries to be realistic with its violence. Um, I, I I enjoy both sides of that coin, but I I do appreciate it when they lean towards realism, um, and this movie tries to do that. Uh, so I really liked it, but as good as that is, I don't know if I would even put it on the list. No, I don't think I would either. I'd be more willing to put A Bittersweet Life on the list than this. But even then, I don't know if I would. I think there's much better action movies. I'd be very willing to put The Good, The Bad, and The Weird on the list. Though. Yeah. I think that's, that is an action movie. That's just nonstop. Yeah, both those movies are on the list. Too. Good. Oh. Yeah, just for your your sort of themes on it. I mean, it's basically, I guess, it's the Nietzsche thing. He who fights the monster should look that he does not become the monster. Yes. Yeah. Because, well, no sexual assault, but by the end, Bun Bun Lee is almost as almost as he's not as bad, but he is as brutal. I think that by the end, or at least I hope. By the end, he's learned that he either should have gone about this a different way or not gotten involved at all. Yeah, in, in I Saw the Devil 2, when his second wife is killed by a serial killer, <laughs> he learns to just kill the guy right away. That I would, uh, you know, if the, this just became a Death Wish 
series, basically. That'd be something else. <laughs> Part two coming in 50 years when he's released from prison. Yeah, it's a little Psycho 2 action. I'm learning there's a there's a Hindi remake of this, apparently. Okay. Uh, which, ironically, is shorter. Okay, I would have loved to have some song and dance numbers in this one. That's what, that's what we need. But yeah, I think uh, honestly, I think that about wraps it up for this one. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with leaving a short episode for once. All right. Well, as always, we have a Patreon, all out of bubblegum. Anyone supporting it besides me? I am. Okay, so we're we are funding our own podcast at this point. Sounds about right. And you know, come on down to the Discord. And talk mostly action movies, occasionally uh, get into arguments about PC culture. But <laughs> in case that's not something that you're tired of. And yeah, come on down. It's optional. Yeah. The, those discussions are optional. You don't have to. <laughs> but mostly action movies, action related, action television. Uh, that is our, our blood well said yeah I've been uh, Rutledal follow me anywhere you want at uh, Rutledal if it's R-U-T-L-E-D-A-L if uh, if you can't find me I'm not on there or it's not worth following me whatever mostly letterboxed how's this for an outro? I don't know I'm gonna stop recording right now for some strange reason I pulled over to the side I started thinking about you Looked in my mirror What did I see? I saw the devil creep